Hello, and welcome to Kentucky Smiles on Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. Richardson, the Associate Dean of Clinical Affairs at the University of Kentucky College of Dentistry, as well as a fellow UK graduate. Welcome, Dr. Richardson. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So today we are going to focus on men's health, that June is Men's Health Month, and um, over the course of the month of June, that there'll be several groups focusing on raising awareness about health care for men and encouraging boys, men, and their families to practice and implement healthy living decisions. And today we're going to predominantly focus on oral health care being a um, major part of men's health. And I would just like to um, start and ask you a little bit about are men in general less likely to go visit a doctor or a dentist than women? Yes, ma'am. You know, not a big difference in the data, but uh, when you look at the data and according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, just recently, 2019 through 2020, uh, young men, 18 and, and uh, men older are less likely than women to have a dental exam or a cleaning in the past 12 months. Uh, the numbers even grew a little bit from uh, 19, uh, 2019 to, to 2020. You see the same pattern when we look at uh, doctor visits and wellness visits. Um, men 18 and over report visiting these services a lot less than women within uh, the past 12 months. And recently I questioned our, you know, several different departments within our uh, College of Dentistry. And, you know, some interesting facts that came up. They, uh, when compared to... Uh, to women, men counsel are no-show uh, more often, and they uh, are notorious for not following up, not picking on us, but we don't. We send a team to come, come in for episodic care or care that treated just for that condition, and most of those conditions uh, are extractions as compared to females. I, I know with my husband that sometimes I have to mention or nudge a little bit about his annual physical um, as well as now, I think his dentist does a great job that uh, they do not let him leave the dental chair until they've scheduled the next six month follow up. But he is kind of bad about canceling that appointment. And, and every, I won't touch a dentist appointment because it takes six months to get it rescheduled that if it's scheduled, I'm going and he'll say, oh, it's OK to wait wait six months, um, that he's much more likely to cancel than what I am. No, we, we as men tend to do that. And in addition, uh, we'll say things like, now we'll get our oil change in our vehicles a lot more routinely, but what we'll say, you know what, I had a great checkup the last time. It's not bothering me. I think I'm good to put it off for a little bit longer. We, we hear that quite a bit. Yeah, that is true. He does not miss an oil change. There's no doubt about that. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about oral health in general and um, the impact on overall health, or I guess maybe more specifically poor oral health and how that might impact someone's overall health. That, that is a great question, you know, to ask how uh, poor oral health can impact or affect overall health. And it can lead to, well, common conditions uh, within, the, within the mouth, such as cavity, gum disease, tooth loss. But what I think people don't actually realize is the bacteria in the mouth can uh, split throughout the bloodstream. Uh, and even with um, things like bacteria in the mouth has been leads to, to uh, other health challenges such as heart disease, cancer, 
a correlation between diabetes and, and poor oral health, you know, backwards and, and forth. You know, some of the things that we see that we don't often uh, understand is just inhalation of some of the, the bacteria that are in our mouth can lead to uh, lung conditions, bronchitis, pneumonias. A lot of these come from the, the bacteria within the oral cavity and people just don't realize or, or understand that. So when we talk about oral health and, you know, we just talked about poor, poor oral health, um, what would be examples of good oral health? What should someone be focusing on? You know, I think when we look at good oral health, uh, one of the, the uh, big components of it is honestly sticking to routine, regular exams, uh, having uh, a professional take a look at us. But in addition to that, you know, when you're surveying your patients, you'll ask how many of them floss. Well, flossing is very important, not only brushing twice a day, using rinses, but flossing. Flossing in the contact areas between the teeth that honestly, the bristles of a toothbrush just will not get to. So those surfaces collect as well. So you wanna make sure you're flossing just to cleanse those areas of bacteria. But again, keeping those routine, regular checkups, it's just like, and I keep comparing ourselves to an automobile, of course, we're a lot more complicated, but you know, we have routine checkups throughout a lot of things in life and a routine checkup of the oral cavity of our mouths uh, should become you know, a, a common thing that we do. So you mentioned about cavities. Let's talk a little bit about cavities. I know that they can be fairly common among children. Do adults tend to need to worry as much about cavities as our kiddos do? Yes, they do, you know, because in it, when I look at it and you think about diet, and it's one of the things I could reach back and talk to when you asked uh, the previous question, you know, good oral, uh, oral health or oral hygiene, we need to watch what we eat as well. So throughout the years, uh, there are a couple of things here that come into play. If you've had fillings, these fillings have the potential. Uh, they can break down. It's a, it's a weakened tooth structure. So let, let me further explain that. The hardest substance, the hardest substance in the body is enamel. The strongest muscle in the body is called the masseter muscle. It's just a jaw muscle. So our chewing force, we have enough strength in our mouth. We could bite through a lot of things. So if you can imagine those forces uh, grinding together against the teeth, we'll have cracks in our teeth as we grow older. That just ha happens. If we've got a filling in, that constant barrage of us biting and chewing and grinding could cause that uh, the surface of the filling, where the interface, where the tooth and that particular filling come together, it could widen. It could be a harbor for bacteria. So yes, uh, do we have to worry as much? I would just say we need to pay attention. And again, I have, to, I have to keep pointing back to making sure that you're going to those appointments. So yes, it's a lifelong process of uh, making sure you're taking care of your teeth and watching. Not, you know, I, I don't like to call it worry, uh, but let's call it concern. Um, I kind of thought to myself and smiled to myself a, a minute ago when you were talking about flossing, because I knew I was getting ready to ask the cavity question that, um, mentioning about my husband being a little bad about maybe canceling his dental appointments that um, he had, he had a cavity a, a couple years ago, but um, the, the positive of it, it has made him an avid flosser because his statement was, I'm not getting cavities as an adult, you, you, you know, so, it, but it did like it, it changed his, his um, daily oral health care or his oral care um, because he, the, the association with getting the cavity and um, becoming a, a very good flosser now. 
you know that and that's great and you know that that's one of the reasons in flossing like i talked about the contact areas that's one of the reasons we take uh, radiographs or dental x-rays routinely you know doing those exams we can't see great uh, you know a great deal of uh of uh things that are happening on the contact areas or in between the teeth. So those uh, radiographs allow us to see uh, not only the, the bone level, uh, that's, but the contact areas between the teeth. And in a lot of instances, this is the first place, the very first place a cavity will start. So let me ask you this about growing older. And I think sometimes um, I've, I've heard older adults say this, that maybe there's this general level of acceptance that as people age, that they're going to have more problems with their teeth or that maybe they're going to lose teeth. Um, is that something that people should just accept? Are there preventative things that, that folks can do? Or um, even as they've aged and maybe if they've started having some difficulties with their teeth, are there still things they can do now? There, there are, you know, things that they can, can do now are things that I think they should be practicing all along. Well, first of all, let me go back and, and address what you just said about uh, the acceptance rate of people thinking they're gonna lose teeth. It's upwards close to 60% when surveyed will say that, hey, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's not avoidable. We're, go we're gonna lose some, some teeth. And again, with the constant trauma uh, of chewing and grinding, functioning uh, or having fillings, yeah, that, that's a possibility. But no, we shouldn't accept that. You know, what are the things that listen, you know, again, let me just revert back. I keep pointing back to how great it is to have those maintenance appointments, those every six month appointments. There are certain things that you can do, like you're not getting your teeth any cleaner by using a hard bristle toothbrush. Use a soft bristle toothbrush. And when you're using a soft bristle, uh, bristle toothbrush, how often should you change that? Now, when I say that, we have... Um, a lot of things that, you know, a lot of people aren't using the manual toothbrushes. We're using electric toothbrushes today. How often should you change that head on your electric toothbrush or your regular toothbrush that you have? Uh, surveys show that we should change it every three to four months. Uh, when patients have asked me in the past, uh, my standard answer has been, you know, three to four months is a great average. But for me, it's more the bristle condition of the toothbrush. Just as that toothbrush starts to become really comfortable, what I'd say, when the bristles start to fray out or turn, you will tend to press your gums in addition to brushing your teeth. And you want to keep it away from the gums so you don't end up with recession of those kind of things. So it's more a condition of the bristles of the toothbrush versus uh, the actual time frame on it. So regular checkups, brushing and flossing twice a day, diet and changing your toothbrush often enough or a lot that, you know, in and of itself will help you maintain what you have. Okay. So I'm going to ask a follow-up question on this toothbrush because um, this is a conversation we have at home. Is there any difference between using an electronic toothbrush versus a manual toothbrush or a recommendation or preference one or the other? You know, I, I leave that up to individual preferences and it, it will honestly, uh, depend on the provider you talk to. And there's no wrong answer on this. Is one better than the other. If you have a great brushing technique, um, then you're fine without that. Manual toothbrushes are, I'm sorry, electric toothbrushes, I think initially uh, were brought into play for folks that had problems brushing their teeth. They may have, have had some type of uh, 
physical condition that didn't allow him to, to grip the toothbrush a particular way uh, or to move a particular way or it was painful or their motion was limited, a limited range of motion. And that I think initially that's why they were, or one of the initial reasons that we had the electric toothbrushes. It is not a cure-all or a panacea. You're not going to do any better. You still have to use and angle it the right way. Uh, but no, I think it's individual preference on that. Uh, but, you know, there are other things out there as well. Water picks. Uh, there's several different adjuncts that you can use in addition to brushing with that. I hope I answered it. I answered that. that uh, you, you did. I don't want to confuse you anymore. On no, that. essentially, though, you didn't settle our debate at home. You said we're both right. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's that's good, too. Um, we can we can both win one. Um, Dr. Richardson, thank you so much for joining us today and bringing awareness specifically to um, oral health care during Men's Health Month. All right. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be able to do this. Thank you all so much for having me. Thank you.